Hello, I'm Tracy, or you can find me as Pottle Muddery on Instagram and Facebook. Like many of you, I'm completely obsessed with clay, so I thought I'd speak to some potters and see how they're doing during lockdown. Given everything that's happening in the world at the moment, it makes sense to focus on potters who are not white, and those who are from other minority groups. Let's get started as I speak to Freya Bramble Carter. Freya is based in London and she makes distinctive contemporary designs inspired by nature. You may have seen her on series two of The Great Pottery Throwdown. Thank you for agreeing to talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. It's really nice of you. Through the lockdown, I haven't been able to get enough clay, really. You know, it's really nice to hear what other people are doing. And I thought other people would also like to hear what you've been doing. Yes. That's why I thought of you first. And I've been watching your Instagram feed. You've been doing some interesting things. (laughs) Have I? Have I? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, I guess most people who know you to start off with know you from the Pottery Throwdown. And or have then got to know you from your social media. Yes. But do you want... Go on. Five, six years ago now, I was on the Throwdown. It feels like a lifetime away, but because it's re-emerging... And they're going to continue doing the series. It's really good for the industry, just pushing ceramics out there and making it accessible for a wide audience. And that's, I think that's its ultimate purpose. And so I just, I love it for that. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of brings it into the mainstream, doesn't it? Yeah. And have you noticed since it came back this year that the people got more interested again? Yeah, even more. Just each time it comes out, it feels like it just grabs more viewers that uh, didn't before and just yeah which loads beginners beginner pottery is just getting bigger and bigger more studios are opening everywhere in London yeah it's phenomenal yeah so it's a really good move and um, I feel like it's it's kind of arrived at the perfect time when our economy needs needs it really we need hands-on things people are slowing down the whole point I mean for me the whole point in this COVID thing is telling us that that humans need to go back to our core values and um, reassess how we're living our lives and clay just the process of using clay is a unsaid therapy um, yeah and it's I'm very grateful for that yeah so remind me you were you were a potter long before you were on the telly so just remind us (laughs) yeah I was actually um so my father is a potter he's been doing it for his whole career um ever since I can remember so I when I was young I used to spend a lot of time with him in the studio just helping out I mean I never thought that I would go into this profession but after university I studied fine art at university and after all my studies I I looked around me and realized you know what the hell am I doing and I realized that clay was there for me it sort of it sort of like hit me like a rock I was like oh god why don't you just do that you enjoy it it's fun you think you're good at it <laughs> to an extent. So that's that's how I sort of fell into it. 
so had it always been a hobby you you know you it wasn't that your dad did it and you were like oh god dad not clay again it was that you enjoyed it yeah it was that I enjoyed it it was never my dad was never like a pressure on me or anything like that at all if anything probably the opposite because he he's very aware of parenting how you how you're dictating your children's lives through every through your teachings um and so he wanted it to come from a space where it was very genuine um and then i i, I acknowledged that as well because at first i was just like, oh yeah well i'm just doing it because you're doing it but he said well no your, your twin sister's not doing it so else is not doing it you know people pick these things up because they gravitate it's like you have a calling for it if you step in a direction you make a conscious decision i'm going to do this it's because you you have a calling for it so that's what i kind of that was my conclusion yeah and yeah. so you picked it up at that point yeah did you did you immediately join your dad's studio at that point yeah yeah i decided to take it seriously by um running little kids classes and that would give me some pocket money um, so that I could, I didn't have to have a side job. I could, um, well, I mean, I, I wanted to learn how to teach and I was aware that, um, you know, you need to, there's lots of professions in teaching, uh, lots of qualifications that I could have taken. I could have done a PGC or some adult education thing, but I, I didn't, I, I, I did a little um, PT I was a personal, um, what's it called? What's it called? An assistant. I was a little kid's assistant in a school for a bit just to see how, how teaching art works in the school system. And I really yeah. quickly realised I didn't want to go down that route. Yeah. So, what was it? Was it about being in, in a classroom with that many kids? Or? Um, it was more that I felt sorry for the kids. <laughs> and <laughs> I felt as soon as I walked into a school I was just it was just the feeling of dread and I was like well, I, it just hit me why am I going back to school I, I didn't like school I don't like school I don't, the smell of school <laughs> just so off-putting and yeah and so I suppose I just have I just don't really agree with with how they teach kids in system I just feel like it frustrates me I suppose and I just found it hard to work with other professionals like the other teachers and I I found some of their ways and how they talk to the kids and the parents and stuff I just disagreed with a lot of the stuff and I just couldn't be yeah. part of it really and then so I just thought well actually this is an opportunity for for me in a small way um to work with kids in a way that I agree in a way yeah. a, a new way that I, I can share some of my knowledge in my own way and um and the and parents trust me i suppose it's, it's a trust thing because i haven't done a pgc but i spent the, the first maybe three years just learning how to be a good teacher and how to um, articulate the craft and talk about it and explain about it and, and show people what i see and tell them how to move their hands and get them to understand clay and the language that it offers because it's a whole it's a whole new world when you're working with this material it's interesting that you you sort of decided you had this realization that you wanted to do clay and mm. then, and then from what you've just described 
it was instantly about teaching it yeah um, yeah that's that is yeah that was a conscious thing um I was that because you need to earn more money than you thought you could earn just as a sort of an artist so you're aware um, of the need for that or? it was more that i wasn't ready it wasn't about me i didn't see it about me i saw it as i enjoyed i enjoyed the people aspect at the beginning i was more interested in learning how to communicate with other people and bringing new people in and um, sharing sharing the joy that's what that was what struck me at the beginning yeah um, in your yeah. instagram stories where you you show little snippets of the joy where you and i guess this was mostly before lockdown but you you seem to have these really vibrant lively classes full of people doing their own thing yeah in a joyous way yeah absolutely they're, they're quite relaxed sessions I, I want people to feel like it's their home just as it is mine you know people help themselves to tea and bring cakes and it's a really nice atmosphere and that's probably the first thing that uh, when people step into the studio that's what they'll acknowledge is just how nice it feels in the room completely and different school yeah, it's a different school, absolutely. And, and I think people, that there's loads of these things going on now. People are realising we don't have to look for validation from the government and from the system. They, you know, you know in, in, in this moment, it's a clear example. It kind of tells us that the government don't necessarily have all the answers, that, you know, we have our own answers, we have our own ways. We don't need to be validated we can validate ourselves and our own art practice and our own ways of living. So that's, um, I think students like that approach and they're realizing the value of it. And, they, yeah. and they're, start, they're living their own lives. Like students are selling their own work and now, you know, they're like, oh wow, she can do it. She can make up her own business and make a living off of it. Oh, why can't I do this? And you know, so it's, I suppose it's nice to, know that you can just live by example and show that and that's a valid way of showing your your art practice just by example let alone yeah. anything you know you don't have to push it you don't have to preach to people or push your ideas onto them you just have to be like who you want to be i mean if you're enjoying what you're doing i think that is inspirational to people anyway to come in mm. and somebody who loves what they do mm. who doesn't want some of that <laughs> yeah absolutely so tell me what tell me how the lockdown has has impacted you know what what were you doing just before lockdown here um i was i had a full syllabus of classes every week i do a set of evening classes and weekend classes for beginners and for a bit more advanced and and i helped my dad with his sessions too and we have a joint studio upstairs um, so I was pretty heavily involved in that, really. Um, and there's lot, there's new projects coming about. We're just in the middle of bidding for a um, a big grant that could give us the opportunity to do a two-year set up a, a studio in Thamesmead, and it would consist of building an Amagama kiln. Oh wow! Yeah, and, and it would be like a huge celebratory event at the end. So that, so these sorts of things are coming about, and I hope that will go ahead. But we're just in the process of doing 
think lots of discussion and things like that yeah. so that was it was that going on before the lockdown started or is that coming yeah up? we were in talks yeah. about that and it just it's just lots of zoom meetings you know like this yeah and <laughs> i think we had just finished the um recording of the grace and perry film i did a little yeah. uh, thing with the tapes so that was fun and that in fact we were just we had to finish that just as the lockdown started so um yeah that came out really nice didn't it yeah yeah i was pleased with that yeah it was quite fun i don't usually do foil in my own work i'm actually more of a thrower just yeah just because it's just because it's a lot quicker and e easier for me now in terms of finding the time and stuff um yeah. but coiling coiling is the first and great technique that i think beginners should um have a go at because you can make anything out of a coil whether it's a toilet <laughs> or pot you know you, you can make any dynamic form with a coil and it's easy but when you learn to throw it takes maybe a couple of years to master Depend, depending on how committed and dedicated you are um, but it takes a, a bit longer to get to grips with but in the long term once you are competent at throwing it will take you 10 minutes to make the, the coil pot that you would have had to make it over a day for example so yeah. they're the main differences but they're both great in their own way so how did that film come about for him um, I was just I was just contacted through the the tape and they asked um do you want to do a little how-to clip and this was before <clears throat> we knew that we were going to be in lockdown so it's funny that everything was just going online anyway at the time um and did yeah. they send somebody to film you yeah they had a um yeah they had a little camera crew that came in and filmed it Sounds yeah, they're fun. very organised. In fact, I was really impressed by their working style. Mm -hmm. Really open-minded, slow, patient, kind, gentle. I mean, I think when you work with um, other companies or industries, um, institutions, their working style is really important to the success of the project. So I have come across um, interior design companies that are to be put politely they're just assholes but you know like yeah. i think some i think how people work and communicate with each other is another thing that needs to shift in this time you know i can't know i'm not going to make 20 dinner sets in two weeks for you to sell them at a ridiculously low cost it's the, these sorts of things these sorts of attitudes that yeah in the ceramic industry or, or in the uh, craft industry selling pots um yeah selling pots isn't easy for everybody so um the pr price when you're pricing your work um i think it can be quite tricky for people yeah so, i mean i'm wrangling with that just starting to sell my work and you know you yeah. have to think don't you do, am i pricing it because i want to sell loads mm. or or you know, can I price it a bit higher and enjoy the making slower? Because I think the, the more you get on a treadmill that you've got to churn out a certain number of pots, that's not what I'm in this for. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a whole contradiction. It's a contradiction for what you uh, want or why you initially started, and then it contradicts what we actually want for the society and for how we want the world to be. We want to be able to work at a comfortable pace that's healthy for us and for the environment. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> and doing what works. Yeah, and um, just working at a pace that is is kind, kinder. Kinder to yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah. So what happened for you guys when the lockdown finally did hit? <clears throat> um, all of our classes stopped. And we just had a quiet moment for a couple of days, a week or so. Just me and my dad in the studio, we were just talking, chilling, reflecting. Yeah, um, and we were just we just started doing some of our own ideas. Really, yes, it must have been nice that you had the two of you, you know, so you could think it through together. Yeah, yeah, working with yeah. Oh God, when you're in business, or when when you're trying to, you need someone. You need help. Everyone needs help. You can't do it alone. Um, and especially in with pottery, you need a hundred hands. You need someone to load the kiln, someone to recycle the clay, someone to make the glazes, someone to mop the floor five times a day. You know, it's a lot. So um, he's, yeah, we, we bounce off of each other. And, you know, where he falls, I make up and vice versa. So then yeah. we have Michael, who's our assistant. He's, he's special needs and um he's fantastic at making our glazes and recycling the clay and doing a lot of the daily chores in the studio but unfortunately because his mum is really elderly he had to stay he's been away <coughs> for this whole yeah. lockdown um and he's only just come back and he's upstairs now working away so it's so great to have him back and all the, there's loads of people upstairs working away so it's people are just keen to get back in now i think they're just bored yeah. So you have, you've been able to open back up now? Yeah, I mean, people are really raring to go and actually, I actually feel quite a bit of pressure to start um, all of the, the syllabus of classes again. Um, but I still just want to just take it easy and put one, f one step in front of the other until momentum is fully picked up. Um, but yes, uh, but I am doing small classes on the weekend now, just on Saturday and Sunday yeah and then, so you were saying that you you had to stop teaching but that yeah. gave you extra time to do your own work yeah i got it freed up i mean i was i was almost sitting there thinking oh my god you know this is what it's like not having work and <laughs> how, how do we feel without work in our lives you know what what more is there you know if, if you take work away what are we what are we just our work is that all we do we're you know what all the other aspects of our life we get to have a say family and other aspirations and it just got me I was just spending a lot of time meditating and thinking about planet earth on a bigger scale you know from a wider perspective so um that was really nice and it didn't it kind of it didn't paralyze you because I know there's some sort of artists who've said, you know, suddenly I've got all this time to create, but I'm so, you know, taken aback by everything that's happening in the world. I can't do anything. Did you have yeah. that? 
Yeah, a lot of people saying that they actually just feel stumped for inspiration and didn't really even feel like making. I think a lot of people had had a, a kind of a stagnant moment, but that's I think that's just all part of this process that we we need we need that. That's fine. Um, so yeah, I did have a moment where I just just allowed myself to do nothing you know just stare yeah. into space <laughs> yeah. um but then but yeah but then I just I don't know I just I had a I just went for it I went for it yeah I so tell me what that means what does went for it mean um it means I was excited about I was imagining pieces of work that really appealed to me things that inspired me and um, I draw things out. I have a vision, then I draw it out. But just a, I mean, my drawings are barely drawings. They're just like <laughs> a wiggle there, and I know what I mean. You know, I come yeah, back yeah. to it. Um, and then I sit down on the wheel, I wedge up about two bags of clay, and just throw for a couple of hours. Go home, come back, do more, do it now, do more every day. <laughs> so <laughs> when you goes, yeah. When you had those ideas, do you do you think in shapes or do you think in terms of finished decorated pieces to start with? Um, that's a really good question. I now I kind of think of the final thing straight mm -hmm. away and then work backwards, but it probably used to just start with the shape. But now I I'll have a feel sort of like you can sort of smell the essence of the pot how you want it to feel and and colour, texture, and I get the end thing straight away. Whereas before, I was just think, oh yeah, I want that shape, and then and then I would, and then at glazing stage, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll just slap some of this on it. But I yeah. think what it is is you learn how to be efficient. Um, you know, the the days where you sit down and just let let fluke happen, where you just let the clay do what it wants. Oh yeah, well, I've got a cup here and I got a bowl there it's not that anymore it's mm -hmm. it's um you know using your time efficiently I don't know it's like I mean maybe if I was stumped for inspiration I would use the wheel as like a doodle time so yeah. just sit there and not think about what I'm doing but just see as I go and make shapes as I go but I rarely do that now it's more quite planned and I think that only that comes because I've figured out how to do the making that's taken care of which is it's an amazing freedom because because you realize you can actually do it any idea that you have you you actually know how to do it now you're not held back or restricted by your lack of confidence in terms of throwing or coiling or anything so so yeah, that I think when you're at that level, you're you've kind of popped through, you've kind of burst through a. It feels like a, a blockage. You've, you're sort of at at that level where you can do what the hell you want. Which do you think you have to give it some thought in advance? Because otherwise, I guess the stage I'm at now, mm. I don't make any more mugs just at the moment because I've got enough mugs. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to. I just don't want any more stuff that I don't actually want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so now I'm a little bit more um, thoughtful about what I make and what I keep. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm nowhere near the stage you're at in terms of that must be oh, like, to reach that skill. Oh, you are. Look at your, I've just, I just looked through your beautiful moon jar. It's stunning. Thanks. I mean, but that's, you know, that's the first one of those I've made. So I'm at a yeah. stage of, you know, can I do it? Probably just about, depending on whether it survives the firing. But you're at the stage where you know you've made, you know, many of, many of things, many of the same things. So mm. you have much more confidence that you can make um, yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah. I, on a good day, I can make something. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I see what you no. mean. There's another little, there's a moment where you realise, yeah, you are that competent, you are confident without sa sounding um, big-headed or arrogant or anything. It's just something that you can do. Like, I know how to brush my teeth. It's something that I know how to do now. So, um, But it's taken, so you've been easier. doing it a long time, right? So it's, it's a lot of hours put in to get you to that point. Yeah. Yeah, don't underestimate that. Yeah. I remember, um, yeah, five years ago when I started, Michael, he's autistic. He says, he's very honest, very transparent. He'll just say whatever comes to his mind. I remember he said once, oh, in, in two years' time, you'll be you'll be an expert you'll be this you'll be that yeah two years and he was giving me like a time frame and I was like oh really wow I was like two years really I want, to, <laughs> I want to be good at this in two weeks and then and you know I think when you start your people get really frustrated when they start because they're just not they want it and they can't get it and, they want it. and sometimes that frustration kind of holds you back a bit but as soon as I just let go of that and just enjoyed the process more yeah. it just it just flowed but you do have to put the hours in just like with yeah. anything but if you enjoy it it shouldn't matter yeah I think you have to enjoy the actual process don't you because yeah. if you only enjoy the final product then you're going to mm. be very disappointed very often <laughs> because the, the final product is very rarely exactly what you were aiming for, is it, in the beginning? Exactly, and, and that's the beauty of the whole craft, really. You have to l learn to cope with the loss. You know, it's not for, I mean, in that sense, if people don't, can't let go, it's, it's not for everyone. I mean, it's for everyone to try, but not everyone will become a professional potter, or, you know, some people will decide, oh, well, that's not worth it for me. Um, but I've got, there's a, there's a nice little sign upstairs that describes the loss of ceramics and coping with it, coping with it emotionally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a metaphor for life, really. A lot of the teachings that you come across when you're working with clay, it's patience, perseverance, dedication, you know, enthusiasm um and kindness you know you've got to be kind to the material that you're using and when you understand it when you actually understand what the clay's doing with water and heat uh, it's i mean it's think of it as it's a dead matter like soil mud when you add water to it it will go expand when you take it away like our skin it will crumple will shrink up yeah. and um so when you understand it in the actual physics of it, 
and what the heat is doing. The heat is melting the glaze. It's the, the clay is shrinking as all the water leaves. It shrinks and all the pores seal. And when you understand it like that, it becomes even more easier because then and then you don't have cracks as much. You don't have things exploding. You don't have glaze running all over the place. And this all just comes from lots of practice and experience. And yeah, you do have to make mistakes and for you to learn. You've got to go wrong. So, so don't, don't even protect yourself from going. I mean, obviously, don't, don't cause a, a fire from your kiln burning down <laughs> that studio. But, you know, allow yourself. You've got to be a bit experimental and not be so precious at the beginning. And that's how you learn. Yeah, so that's, that's very much I've got there as well. Because, you know, you can have these pieces and they're bisque fired and they're, and they're, they're the best things you've ever made. So you can really hesitate, can't you, to glaze them. But sooner or later, you're just going to have to put some glaze on and put them back in the kiln. So you might as well just do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I move forward. Otherwise, I would be paralysed at that stage, I think. Ah, uh, I see. Being worried about what would happen next. Are you enjoying glazing? Uh, more now that I've got a spray, a spray set up. Ah, spray booth, yeah. I'm not very patient. So I, I'm no good at brushing stuff on. I see. Are you using brush on glazes? I was originally. Yeah. What do you do? Um, uh, we make all of the glazes. Mm -hmm. So um, we just have recipes and we weigh all the powders out, mix it with water and we, just, we have the glazes in big buckets. <laughs> Sorry, Palace, she's just... Um, so it's fine. Bye. She's just painted. She's just painted some luster on these pots. So. I was going to ask you, are those the ones you've been collaborating on? Yeah. Do you want to show them? Yeah, sure. Um, this one. This one came out yesterday. That. So she's put yeah. some gold on the rim that seems that's a popular thing to do with luster was put gold on the rim mm -hmm. these knobs here and oh wow look at those shapes as well yeah i like this this is probably my favorite then there's this is enamel and there's some more in the kiln that i'm just waiting for it to cool in fact i could probably open that now oh cool so, and people can see these on your Instagram, can't they? Yeah, they can. I'll be hosting them. That looks like a big kiln. It is a fairly big one, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, this is actually secondhand from a college in London. I think it's the college in Islington, I what it's called. Oh, wow. <laughs> What a moment when you open the kiln. I know. That. Have you not even peeked in at those yet? No, this is at <laughs> 140 degrees. Wow. But yeah, I'm pleased with that. So I put a bit of this is. The... Oh, they look amazing. So you've opened that right up at 140. Are you now going to close it and let it cool a bit more? Yeah, yeah. Usually I'll, I'll wait till it's completely cool but at least if I have to open it I'll wait till it's at least 100 degrees usually but it's always yeah. good to, I mean e even if you're not worried about the pots it's always good just to let the kiln cool down slowly so that the elements don't pop out of place 
the elements, the bloody elements, they, they need replacing so often. When expanding. How, how often? Oh, probably sometimes every three months, three to five months. Wow, that is often. So is that because you're firing all the student pieces? You constantly firing every day. Wow, yeah. that's a lot, yeah. And I suppose because if you're going up to a stoneware temperature, that's really knackers the kiln. It's just, yeah. it's just a lot. It's just a lot to go up to every time, but that's what they're made for. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so the kiln copes, but the elements just need replacing. They need replacing a lot. Yeah. Kiln maintenance is an ongoing thing. You know, you think you've done one thing and then the brick fell, falls out and you've done that. And then the um, thermometer, you know, it's yeah. kiln maintenance. Kiln maintenance is ongoing. Yeah. And it's expensive. You know, when the lockdown happened, was there ever a moment where you were like, God, we're not going to be able to keep the studio? Or were you comfortable that it was going to be? Um, financially, um, I think we were comfortable because we just had that, that sort of faith. That's a temp, you know, the temp, this is a temporary moment and it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. So I think we just, just, it was just trying to be positive. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you've been collaborating with the, the lady that's just left. Yeah. Um, is that is that a student or is that a, another person? Actually, yeah, she used to be a student. She's an interior designer. That's her mm -hmm. profession. And um, it wasn't planned. This this actually started during the lockdown. Yeah. She came to get a bag of clay, and I was just, and then she was sitting on my sofa in the studio, and she was. I was like, why don't you just paint one of these pots? she was going on she's like oh i really want to do all this decoration i've planned out how i want to do pots and stuff but i can't i haven't made the pots and i'm shitting and she was just going on <laughs> that's how she talks and um i was like well look there's some pots there just want you to do them on that wow. uh, at first she ignored me and then the next time i saw her, she was like okay maybe i'll maybe i will and i was just like go for it and so that's it and was that's very different organic. it's a different style from how you would have decorated those i'm thinking oh god yeah yeah a absolutely. lot of your colors seem to be kind of um you know quite round yeah love those can you see that yeah that's yeah dry yeah i'm usually all the, this volcanic texture here wow that's usually yeah so it's completely it's a completely different style so it must be strange to see your work looking different it's like he's got somebody else's clothes on yeah yeah i know that's a really nice way of putting it yeah but you know what is refreshing god i'm like i'm at it's actually quite a sigh of relief because it's it's a change i didn't see it coming but it was a change that i welcomed and i was so easy going with it yes you could nice. be you're not not precious about those parts that you yeah. There's no, there's never a need to be because I can always, if they mess up, I can always do another one, you know. Yeah, that that's the confidence part, isn't it? Do you think that having seen them in the different clothes, that you might now do something slightly different in the future? Yeah, for sure. I think. I mean, I've got some more ideas that's sort of merging my original style with hers. Mm -hmm. That I'll probably um, explore as well, just 
because my natural style of painting and decoration is quite, it's very flowery and like that, lots yeah. of brush strokes and stuff like that, which is very yeah. different to how she works. And I've really enjoyed, I've really appreciated her slowness and her pre precision. Yeah. So when I start doing some brush work, it will look a lot different, but I'm going to do some um, uh, illustrations as well in a different sort of way. Yeah. So yeah, it has opened, yeah, it's opened me up. It's, I think it's always good to just to welcome new ideas and collaborating is great. If um, I think when it, it, it happens organically, that's probably the best because that's when there's a real calling between when someone actually has, because quite often when you collaborate with other artists, um, you might find it difficult to find the role maybe especially if it's two potters you're like well i like throwing you like throwing so who's going to throw the pot you know unless you yeah so, but but here it was just like okay she's going to focus on the exterior and i'm going to make the pot so it was very easy in that in that way but sometimes when you're work working with people it's it's it can be a bit difficult you know yeah and that i mean just the way that it makes you look when you talk about it that doesn't sound like it's conducive to making your oh. work if that's how you're feeling the work's not going to come out yeah is it exactly that's why i was just open-armed i was just very open-armed i welcomed this one so um, what are your sort of bigger hopes for the future now you're you're beginning to start opening up again and getting back to yeah. normal what do you yeah. see in the future um well just from a personal life point of view i'm 28 now and um i suppose and my my life routine of going to the studio every day has been consistent for the past five six years um so i'm sort of thinking about you know do i want to yeah do i want to what do i want to focus on do i want to focus more on selling my own work do I want to focus on just teaching or maybe I want to have a family <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know all of these things and, and that would affect my practice quite heavily if I was going to do that so um you know so I'm thinking about about that and and these larger projects that came to me I, I never planned to do this public work this um pro this project that we're doing a grant for now in terms of yeah. building a huge amagamaki and this would be a huge public land land art um so mm. i think i think I, i'm really keen to do more public um things that give the opportunity for communities to get involved because this would be this would be setting up a studio and actually running it for free so all yeah. of the participants don't have to pay because the one wow. thing with pottery is that the classes are, are not cheap no because, no they're not cheap and that's because it's not cheap it's not cheap to run <laughs> it really isn't it it's an expensive like people always think of it as a middle class hobby don't they because it yeah because it is expensive yeah so i, I understand it, you know that and um so this is an opportunity to to not have that as a limitation for people and i have always wanted to do that it's always been at the back of my mind like 
you know, I do actually want this to be for everybody, not just for people that can afford it. Yeah. And um, you said at the beginning about getting into this and wanting to spread the joy of it, you know, so, so this sounds like exactly that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's nice, seeing as it is being pushed into the mainstream more, different types of people are going for it. Remind me what one of those kilns is like. They're huge, aren't they? Sorry. Oh, the, um, the Amalgam. Yeah, similar, similar to a, um, a wood-fired kiln. Um, but it's more structurally a little bit different. Yeah. Um, they usually cover it with cement or a, ty a type of clay. Um, like a big mound, is it? One of those ones? Yeah mound and um it takes a whole load of wood yeah. and a load of really, people to find and, lo and loads of people it takes a huge lot of cooperation from a lot of hands to help build yeah. and fire it and i've never done it before i've never done it before so we're getting some specialists on bulb Ho hopefully sven and some other people maybe kevin i don't know it'd be good to get the, the um college involved the clay college but this yeah. is all we're, we're still in the process of actually getting it so i don't even want to all right i'm going to keep my fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you know when you'll when you'll know about it um if it if it goes ahead it will be starting in october october november cool yeah i mean that will come around in no time won't it i know gosh <laughs> i know <laughs> So it sounds like you're you're kind of at a point of really taking stock and deciding what to do next. Um, and also yeah. just what happens, what opportunities come. Yeah, as well as just keeping going, just keeping the flow going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're always doing small things, you're always working on big vision things and small things on a daily. So today I've turned some little some little things like this just little jars yeah. that people that's easy to post to people because people are buying things but when i wrap up these big pots they're so expensive to post so i thought let's just focus on making small things that i can gift out to people and, and stuff like that yeah. um so i do i do basic things that keeps me going and and then i have meetings where we're talking about these large scale projects yeah. so it's exciting it's an exciting time yeah it's nice to hear you sounding really positive about it all. oh really yeah yeah just because some people have struggled haven't they through through all of this and i mean i think everyone's yeah, struggled one way yeah. or another but you you sound like um luckily yeah. things are positive at the moment so is oh, it yeah the thing is, even sorry, go ahead. <laughs> even when um, I think, even when things aren't positive, I just I've sort of learned how to flip that around and turn it into something positive, and learn from from any mistake or any fearful thing going around. And I think mindset is is um, crucial. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, just staying positive and because being scared from this virus is I don't think this would help me at all in fact it would, it would probably paralyze me 
so yeah and so carrying on carrying on and using the clairs of therapy to just keep going has yeah. been really important just for mental health clay is a therapy for lots of us isn't it i think yeah that's why people just fall into it they just once they touch it they're just addicted to it you know yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> is there anything else you want to to tell people before we finish um, hmm. you never know what's around the corner yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I always keep that that's a really nice sometimes i just think oh because you never know what's around the corner and then you know and then something good will really happen and and um you know everything's working out for us in one way or another so i think and just work this is an opportunity for people as this as the societal structure is breaking down and building back up use this time to to sort of like see the eye through the needle and sort of direct yourself to how you want to live your life and how you want to be and and be true with with yourself i think that's for everyone i think that's just that's the opportunity that we're all being given right now yeah. to, to, to live how we want to live and be how we want to be so over and under everything that is that's what i'd like to say it's just yeah follow your dreams do what the hell you want it's your life yeah i like <laughs> it <laughs> now i'm pausing our chat just for a moment to explain that i'm going to ask everyone i talk to a few common pottery problems to see how many answers i get to the same questions I'll summarise the answers on my website, pottlemuddery.com, rather than including them in the audio. But Freya and I had a good laugh as she talked about firing enclosed forms. So let's just have a listen to that before we finish. Can you fire a completely enclosed form or pieces with air bubbles trapped inside? Yeah, you absolutely can. You just got to fire it over a very long time. Mm -hmm. Very slow. Firing it would cost you a fortune, but <laughs> firing would, the firing would just be maybe twice as long. Okay, so it's not those air bubbles in clay that makes them explode, or it is if you fire too quickly? It is if you fire too quickly. Just yeah. think, the air has to go. It will be gone whether you like it or not, and so it has to leave <laughs> the pot, and it will leave the pot either in a really destructive way or it will leave the pot as a slow release, like a fart. Okay, so which do you you gotta? Um... Well, there's both kinds of farts. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I think if you want to be safe rather than sorry, which most often we do, just stick a hole in it. Just stick some yeah. pinholes couple of pinholes on the base or cut yeah there's always ways to do it even if it's a really intricate sculpture just stick some pinholes where you can't see it okay yeah no? that's a good tip thank you perfect thanks and do you have is there one tip that you've been given that really sticks in your mind as a really great tip for, for anything in pottery uh, No, 
never never give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. A bit that's what it comes to really. It, that's what it comes to. The difference between me and someone else might be it might not be that they're better or I'm better or whatever. It might just be because I keep doing it. I just keep trying and keep trying and then and oh oh look now I know how to do that and now I can do that and that's the difference. Okay, is there a I'm trying to think what the saying is? Is it um, an expert has failed more times than a beginner has even tried? Oh, that must be true. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. And that's a really nice way to think about it, and that will keep people going because it's true. Yeah. I mean, how do you expect to go somewhere you've never been there before? So how do you expect to go there if you haven't been through all of what it takes to get there? You know, it takes so many hours just to just to make one of these, you know, one of these things. It takes so many hours to practice making it and then doing it, being able to do it competently. And then yeah. once it's finished, it just sits there and it's finished. <laughs> and, then, and then you exhibit it. And then it sits in a shop window and people walk around and, oh, that's nice, it's nice. They don't know how long you've taken to, to make it. You know, it's like um, an athlete. Think of how many hours they train just for a 30 second sprint. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. words. And just remind me what your social media um, handles are so that people know where to go and look at these pots. You're, you're um, Mine is Freya Bramble Carter, just all one word. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, that's what I'm using mostly at the moment. And then Chris has some of his pieces on his Instagram, which is Chris Bramble Ceramics. That's your dad, right? Yeah. Most people don't know. <laughs> Do they not? Well, I don't know. Some people might not know. <laughs> oh, they think that we're like husband and wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we look different. I don't blame. I don't blame them for. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again so much for talking to me today. It's been really nice to talk to you. You're welcome. You've been Thank doing. You. Thank you so <laughs> and, much. And I wish you all the best of luck with these these new product projects and and thinking about what to do next. Yeah. And what about you? What you? I'm just plodding on learning. You know, I just okay. I make because at the moment I I do it. I have a day job. And I write for the magazine. Oh wow, the Claycraft magazine. Yeah. yeah, and because my my role there is to make their projects, it's it's really good because it forces me to try new things. Mm. Every month, I have to try something new. Mm. I mean, I have to be I have to be thick skinned enough to share my failures with everybody. But you know, oh, great. It's fun of it. <laughs> so Absolutely. I'm just carry on doing that and. Some of the stuff I make works and some of it doesn't. Well, but because it's, you know, I'm not selling, it's not how I make my living, so I can afford to just have fun with it and make, make yeah. what I'm making. I mean, to be honest, even if it is the way you make your living, um, I think when people transition from hobby potter to now I'm going to be professional and do it this, this, this way, I think sometimes they freeze when they suddenly bring money into the equation. So yeah. I would say keep the playful spirit along in, in your practice because otherwise it becomes stressful and not enjoyable. Yeah, and that's not the point of it at all, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, thanks again.
and You're welcome. I'm going to keep an eye on your social media to see what happens next.